Welcome to another edition of the Cricket Yorkshire podcast. So my guest this week is Yusuf Karodia. He's a, a level three cricket coach, newly qualified. So we're going to have a chat about that. He's also an ECB coach developer. So Yusuf coaches the coaches. So again, there's a bit of, bit of a theme here. So we'll have a, a good chat about all things cricket coaching. Uh, and he's also an executive member for Yorkshire of the NACC, which is the National Asian Cricket Council. Uh, that's an organisation that supports and promotes uh, the interests of South Asian communities at all levels in cricket. So, uh, yeah, it'd be really good to chat about that. So welcome, Yusuf, first of all. Welcome, John, and uh, thank you for, for having me on. My first ever podcast, so <laughs> bear with me. <laughs> no, no, no problem at all. Really good to have you on the podcast. So I guess as a bit of a starter question, uh, I'm just curious how you particularly got into coaching. And that journey started for you? Uh, coaching probably started from, from my cricketing days and, and just playing cricket on the streets and um, you know the usual stuff with tennis balls, milk crates, find a bit of land, play a bit of cricket and uh, not being particularly gifted like some people. Um, I had to really, really work hard and um, it was with Mount Cricket Club. You might have heard of Mount Cricket Club and my yeah, brother was Ferry sure. Caroli, he was one of the founding members. And uh, essentially, um, I got made captain basically because I dove a cow and that would guarantee sort of half or just about over half the side to get to the grounds. Yeah. Um, and as a as an elder in the team, I was expected to lead and, and didn't really have much of a clue, to be honest with you. So it was like the blind leading the blind. Um, so when an opportunity came on uh, with cricket coaching with Mount Cricket Club in 1999, um, I was always one of these, I was, I was trying things, reading books and basically became a coach myself through cricket books, in okay. effect, essentially. Yeah. Uh, my my forward defence was based on um, um, Jeffrey Boycott, wasn't nowhere near as good as him. But um, <laughs> So when the opportunity came and the coaching and, and we did my first coaching course with a guy called Richard Horner, an amazing guy, it just opened a, a, a light bulb moment and I thought, do you know what, there's a real opportunity here. So I just... I just took to it. I just enjoyed it. I just enjoyed the whole experience. And that really got me started in that cricketing coaching background, really, as a player. Yeah, OK. Um, and obviously you progressed on from there because you uh, you said in an email to me that you were level three now. So congratulations, because I think that was relatively recent. Um, and why did you kind of go into the coach development side? So I understand your interest in coaching, um, but I suppose it's a different angle, isn't it? It's, um, it's coaching the coaches, as I said earlier. So how did that opportunity come about? Kind of give a flavour of that kind of work. Um, to be fair, it was I got into coaching and I'd done coaching with the BME centres through Yorkshire for, a, for well, even now. So... Um, for many 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 years and then my son got into cricket about when he was about 12 and um no sorry in 2010 should i say and um i found out that uh, pretty much i'd exhausted everything i'd learned uh on the cricket from with yeah. him so i had to then develop myself to the next level so i, I um I, that's the time when chance to shine street which you might have heard of uh, started yeah. and uh, and i was sort of involved with that and sort of ended up leading on that. And um, I was quite fortunate that they had a really good relationship with them and they supported me in my coaching. So okay. I did my level two, then I found that um, 
I just really, really got interested in it big style. And yeah. I did a club coach. So I got a, a, a mentoring program with Yorkshire in, around then. And they assigned me a mentor. The mentor happened to be the guy, Richard Horner, who was my first ever coach. Yeah, and well. um, and it was just a coincidence. And he came to my house with this TV screen, video analysis. And I thought, look, this is way beyond me. I'm just, you know, parks, cricket, doing a bit of coaching. And um, he said, no. And he, he invited me to the Pathways. And I worked with the Pathways with him for four years. And he really um, supported me and got me into coaching. So I did the club coach and start to develop and I applied for my level three a couple of times yeah uh, first time I didn't get past the level it was quite a difficult um gig to get on and then the second time I got to the final stages but um didn't get selected and I was quite disappointed that time I was doing a lot of work with Yorkshire with the various committees and supporting BME yeah and um just because I think I was putting myself out there more than anything else the an opportunity came up as a coach developer and I said look Yusuf would you I had to become a coach developer, and I didn't even know what a coach developer, it was a coach t- tutor, as they call it in those days, or coach yeah. educator. And I went, I'm not really sure I want to do that, because I want to become a level three coach. Um, and they said, look, Yusuf, it'd be really good, you'll enjoy. And um, Kevin Gresham was a, and Dale, I don't know if you know them, but yes. they were yeah, yeah. really key in, in encouraging me. So I thought, come on, I'll give it a go. And um, I just loved it. I just loved the whole experience of um, being able to make a difference at a level where when you're working with coaches you, they're then developing the players so you it's that, that pyramid effect so it's yeah like, quite yeah and you're making a difference at a, on, a, on a grander scale and uh i i just i just love the whole experience and my my nephew he went to he goes to Huddersfield university he's into teaching and i went to him for some advice and um he gave me lots of good advice and i just i just sort of went down that route and um, been doing it ever since to be fair that's fantastic and I guess I'm thinking about my own cricket journey and you always remember a cricket coach uh, if it's someone who's been supportive and kind of helped you mm. so I think as you said you're uh, the top of the pyramid and you're coaching the coaches you then spread that enjoyment of the game out further um, and it's really important because those touch points you know if they're positive it can set you up with a sort of lifetime in the game. But if someone puts you off early for whatever reason, then unfortunately the, the kind of opposite happens. So um, yeah, really interesting that you got into that thing because it's quite specialist, I suppose. Um, and I guess I'm curious to sort of learn a bit about um, your involvement with the NACC, so the National Asian Cricket Council. As I understand it, you're sort of a, um, either a board member or on, on the committee representing Yorkshire. Um, yeah, that, that's right. I mean, to be fair, that coincided. It was, funny, it was, it was really funny because um, my coach development course was at Edgebaston. Okay. And, and the first ever meeting of pre-NACC was also at Edgebaston. It just happened yeah. to be. And um, so there was a meeting there. I attended the meeting. The reason I got invited to attend the meeting was... Um, you did a piece on my brother a long, long time ago. My brother passed away, unfortunately. Um, and he got a, an Oscar award at, um, at Headingley. I, at think Headingley, I remember. Yes, I remember. Yeah, so, and and as a, he got awarded a posthumous award at, uh, at the NACC, um, the AC Asian Cricket Awards. Okay. So I happened to be invited to, you know, to represent my brother, to be fair. And um, me being me having a big gob, um, I, I was 
quite passionate about my, my, the work that my brother had done. And I went on the stage and gave a, gave a short speech at Lord's, to be fair. And um, our chair, Gulfraz, heard me and then reached out to me and said, would you like to come down to a meeting in Edgbaston? I just happened to go there. Yeah. I've always got an opinion about something. I, I mean, I'm, you know, I like to, to, to voice my opinion. And uh, we had some elections. They, they, they said the NACC is intercepted. And Wazim um, Khan was there. And I got elected, uh, volunteered, to be fair. I didn't volunteer myself um, as a Yorkshire rep and, and started yeah. that journey with NACC then. Yeah. And, 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 and just stayed with it, basically. Sorry to interrupt. Did you? Um... I, I guess from a Yorkshire perspective, then, um, do you know the sort of challenges from that um, South Asian perspective around cricket coaching then? Because I guess, very broadly speaking, um, uh, it's obviously a thriving community here in Yorkshire. Um, mm. Is that translated in any way, shape or form, the numbers coming through in coaching? Or is that part of the problem that... Um, you're not seeing it kind of represent the numbers than the, the population generally, I suppose. I think the numbers are coming through. Um, I've really? done, um, when I did the coach development, one of the first courses I did was a BME course at Zara in Bradford. And, uh, oh, yeah. Um, so I, I've done a few courses. And I actually then consulted and, and did a, a course in Lancashire when they did the first one there. So I've done a few courses with, with you know, Asian coaches from the BME and, and Asian ladies as well. And I did the first coach support worker for ladies so we are aware Yorkshire aware there's a lot of great work going on I think that the numbers are there but it's the activity possibly that's possibly now the next next challenge and probably that probably leads on to sort of other other areas that we're developing at the moment of just wanting getting the the volume of coaches yeah then getting the volume of coaches active and working in those environments do you think there's in any way, shape or form a sort of um, an image of cricket coaching that it's, it can be quite stuffy or, or not inclusive for everyone? Um, that, you know, I am a cricket coach, theoretically a level two coach, but um, the reality is I don't use it because cricket journalism has taken over life, but uh, I got my level two must be about 10 years ago in a Menston Sports Hall with Kevin Shine, actually. Um, and I enjoyed it, but there is a sort of admin and a, I don't know, it's a structure that I imagine isn't for everyone um, because we all learn differently. So is, is that your experience, I suppose? Um, yeah, personally, just curious. Personally, probably not because I'm quite hands-on with everything that I do. Yeah, okay. Uh, however, um, I do engage a lot of coaches, and when I've done the, the, the tutoring, I've got little coaches support. I've got like a there's about forty coaches on there. That you know, if, you know, would you do you want to come on, try and share thought leadership? I suspect that a lot of people probably haven't been coached in their life, um, and then become cricket coaches, and probably are not really sure of <laughs> what it is they, they need to do, and and. Um, Amongst the Asian community, I, I think that there's a lot of passionate people, but whether there's um, role models out there, um, possibly that's an area possibly of growth or development. And yeah. once you 
uh, qualify. Everybody qualifies as a theoretical coach. It, you know, the course isn't going to give you like a, a Vulcan mind probe of right here's coaching, here's what coaching looks like. I think that um, they do need role models and support. Yeah. And I, and and I try to do that, and I put myself out there to say, look, if you want to come across and help in any way, give you some feedback, work, best practices. Um, there are a lot of great events that Yorkshire put together in the coaches' conferences, but unfortunately, the numbers that attend from those communities is quite low yeah. for engagement. So I've tried to put, you know, consider if we can put some bespoke events about just so they feel more comfortable in that environment, I think. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Um, and I suppose, um, yeah, with with all that's happened with coronavirus and us, adapting to how we do things at home and on zoom like this call and mm. everything else um i suppose it does put an emphasis on just thinking outside the box and um i know there is that coaching conference at headingley each year typically um but yeah there's i suppose there's different ways of doing things and if the outcome is more coaches from all backgrounds then that's a huge positive so uh, yeah, well, I'll be no. I'll be interested to see how that goes. Uh, I imagine it's an ongoing challenge for for everyone really who want more coaches in cricket. Um, and I guess I wanted to move on a little bit because we we sort of spoke or rather email back and forth around a few opportunities for coaches. Um, do you want to talk a bit about? Uh, I know there's a, a bursary program which I imagine is some sort of part funding for coaches who, who want to kind of pursue other qualifications is that right yeah so um we've done a lot of work with NACC with the ECB in partnership as an advisory but also um the, the work that we've done and we've grown that relationship uh one of the things that they did was to give a, a bursary it was a small amount thirteen thousand pounds and said right here's a bursary program for you to administer any which way you now luckily I've because I've been in that environment of coach development, I was able to put a program together based on sort of quite transparent process, quite governance. Um, we, we had to do it during COVID as well. So we had to do Zoom calls with people um, perspective. So there was some certain criteria. It was, um, there was an application process that they went through. If yeah. they were a level one, level two, then there was obviously one criteria. If there was a level three, level four, then they actually already had to have actually been accepted onto the course. Okay. Uh, um, so the, you know there was a prerequisite involved, uh, and then more importantly, um, they had to sort of we we didn't mean to test, but we did try to understand why they needed the bursary, what was the you know primary reason, and obviously most people are cricket coaches full time and and all those kinds of things. So we went through that whole program. Um, we did the call. I think the ECB attended one of those calls and was suitably impressed to say, well, actually that's you know really. Um, you know that's a very thorough process you've got and yeah. through that we we got we supported two level fours um i think nine level threes and then a number of level twos and uh foundation one courses if you're familiar with the foundation one course yeah i guess if, if someone's listening to this and they don't know the structure and in fairness it does change um once upon a time and i'm probably showing my age here level one was quite advanced <laughs> yeah he was i think i did my level one in middlesex where i used to live in uh, east finchley a sports hall in january very glamorous um but now it's reshuffled and will probably continue to reshuffle so could you just sort of map out the different stages 
Yeah, so they, um, with the with the process as it is now, it's going through another transition. So now the, the old level one was a five-day course, and, and that was a course in itself, and you became a fully qualified coach. Okay. Now, I mean, that's all old hat now. Now there's a foundation support, which is akin to the coach support worker. Yeah. And at the moment, they're advertising courses on the YCB website. And um, if you put yourself forward, you get it free of charge for doing it as okay. a freebie at the moment. So that's save yourself £40, three hours. Um, and that will be supporting uh, coaches that would normally lead the session and you you support them. Then there's a Foundation One course, which is, allows you to coach, which is a two-day course. It's pretty much all hands-on. Yeah. And then, and then there's a, a Foundation Two, which will be coming out in December. Okay. They're phasing out the level two. The level two used to be in two parts. It used to be a child course and an adult course. At the moment, they're doing them as a blended course. So it's just like a, there isn't a child and an adult. You just do a level two. They're, they're, they're getting to the back end of those, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, and then the foundation two will start its journey probably about December. Now, right. the difference between the foundation one and foundation two, they both allow the coach to coach independently and lead the session. The difference between uh, between the two is uh, level one is more probably for the early stage and and you know very b early basic. Okay. Whereas the level two is more you 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 know, you are more going into the technical detail and and it's a longer slightly longer course so therefore the technical requirements of that course so it's more probably well the level foundation world is you may not have a cricketing background. Right. Yeah. Whereas the level right. two is more for people that have been in cricket and, and know a lot about cricket and want to just, just um, whereas other people are more like links to the the All-Stars and the Dynamos programme, so you might just be a, a link onto there. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. how that would work at the moment. And then obviously you've got your your your, your coach advance, which is the level three, and then you've got your, your obviously level four thereafter. Okay. Um, and something else I wanted, and you talked about this earlier, but at, it would be good to learn well i'm interested and i'm sure anyone listening to this in future will be could you give us uh, a bit of a, a sort of taster of what chance to sh chance to shine street is um yeah I've got, I, I know a bit about it and kind of where in yorkshire it is but i'm curious to give a outline as to well first of all what it is and also maybe some of the successes there's been in yorkshire well chance to shine street um came in 2010 Richard Joyce and uh, Steve Archer um they came and we we did a, a um we did a, a like a pilot and literally it, it it was outdoors cage so like tennis courts and and things like that yeah tape ball cricket and that's how it, that's how most Asians go playing cricket you know tape ball and and just a set of crates go somewhere find a bit of land nowadays land tends to be tennis courts and uh, outdoor muggers and and places like that yeah and um we literally get people that are they're not even public cricketers they just want to you know give them a, a bit of a, a taste and um it was based on 20 ball games okay everybody you had you know five aside everybody bats four balls everybody bowls four balls so in effect there's a lot of engagement there yeah and you basically just come in and, and whack the ball as, as much as you can and, and have a load of fun and you get a load of games in in a short space of time and it's just given that experience and then that grew very quickly and we we had the, our numbers in fact we were finding that we couldn't find the facilities they you know the muggers because where you're going there were people playing football already yeah. so we went indoors and we went to a sports center and initially 
they didn't like the ideas of loads of kids just shouting and bawling because obviously when you're playing cricket and you're getting wickets and that. But we grew a relationship over years and, and we've got one at the Al Hikma Centre. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's in Batley. Okay. And there's one at the, and there's a du- uh, that's a community centre and there's a sports hall in there. And then there's another session that goes on at Dewsbury Sports Centre. Uh, on a Friday night, and yeah. they became a huge success. And uh, then what happened was they were given opportunities to go down to um, National Stadia and to come to Lords, Edgbaston, tournaments with other other street chance venues from up and down the country. And mm-hmm. Dewsbury was very, very famous, so we, we had a lot of good cricketers. So what happened was people from that never played cricket picked the ball up, got interested in the game just by playing the game, and then eventually yeah. they thought, well, I actually enjoy this. Where can I go and play? And then we had a, like a feeder system and um, it was with Batley Cricket Club, as it happened. And uh, they then got, uh, like the All-Stars is now, it starts as a feeder to the Dynamos, to the junior yeah, cricket okay. under nines, 11s. So it became a feeder, but from a different audience. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's really, really good. And um, I think, well, cricket has to appeal to everyone not just those that want to play 50 overs on a Saturday in whites um yeah. and and actually is less than you know I know the 100 has its critics for sure but uh it's all about reaching as many people as possible um and giving them the quick experience they want if possible so yeah if you want you know short sharp games uh everyone's involved so no one's stuck at you know sort of fine leg for 50 overs not getting any involvement um this sounds perfect and, and i imagine loads of fun and very very fast and follow on well it's um, it, it's been 10 11 years now I, I don't coach on the the streets chance anymore um we have other coaches and i may be going occasionally go and, and look um but they're using that as the there's a the, the talent ID programs that they're looking at, so they're trying to identify talent at an early stage. Yeah. A number of those players got to go to Lords and tournaments and and down the country. And um, just before COVID, uh, I attended a, a presentation evening. So the under 11s, I think, won the Bradford League junior okay. section. Yeah. And every one of those players, bar one, had come through Street Champs a number of years earlier. Wow. Okay. So yeah. the, the pathway, it was created a pathway to, for people to get into cricket where they felt comfortable, felt safe, safe environment, bit of fun. And then obviously number, the volumes that were coming through, you were then saying, where can we go? And we would just, we could signpost them to clubs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's fantastic. And uh, I guess it's a slightly different topic, but something else we were going to, sort of mentioned briefly was uh, a game against the MCC that's coming out at Batley. I think you said July. That's um, right. Uh, the, is that the NACC playing at MCC? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's a match before that uh, in a few weeks' time at Lords. Okay. And I'll be going down in, in a capacity as a coach at Lords um, on the main ground. So MCC are playing NACC. Um but the, the MCC play a number of, as you, as you know, the, what the MCC is all about and, and getting cricket out there. Um, the relationship that um, they had with the um, Guy Lavender and, and Gulfraz, um, they did about 10 games and then they did another 10 games. The game at Batley was a real success. Yeah. Really, you know, a lot of community engagement, loads, 
Partly, I don't know if you've ever been to the Baxter Creek Club, but it's quite in the, it's in the heart of the community. Okay. So the community is just built around the ground, or half the ground, should I say. So they got a really big turnout, and, and it was a real success. So um, they put that on the calendar again and said, yeah, we want another match at Batley because of the success of the previous game, which um, I put the team together, you know, went around selecting players, quite young players. And uh, um, fortunately, we, we, we won on the day, so that was, <laughs> that was always, that always good to helps. have. Yeah, yeah. Always <laughs> helps, so, you know, I've, yeah. But to, yeah, they, and they they were very impressed with the whole uh, the whole organisation. So they they wanted to do another match at Batley Cricket Club, which happens to be for the Yorkshire area. Right. Do you think how significant are those games? Do you think they do you think they matter from a kind of yeah perspective of recognition almost because the MCC don't play against anyone. Obviously, uh, they try yeah. and you know get out and play across across the country, but um, it is a, an honour, I suppose, of, or recognition of type, isn't it? It, it no. is recognition of type. I think I think it's a win-win for both parties because the, the MCC possibly uh, a see, uh, I've got a perception as an organisation and, and now there's a realisation that actually, if you want to become an associate member, you can do that by playing games and uh, and they reach out and they helps to build those, um, there's a bit of bonding, a bit of friendships, yeah, start to develop, uh, and then they uh, they played in the spirit of, the, of cricket. So, because of the success of the games, and I'm just going to. Oh, I thought that was me then. <laughs> no, I apologise. <laughs> you, you, you didn't warn me about switching my phone, so I'll I'll quickly for switch. No, don't phone. worry. So, um, so there was a success, and I think the there's a game, there's a secondary game, which is a, a, a quite important game. So they're sort of the higher end. Yeah. So um, the, the NACC have been um, privileged to actually have a, a secretary game on the main ground next month. That's as a result of the, the previous games. But it also gives a lot of people, um, you know, when they see the MCC, people come with MCC, MCC blazers and that. It, it It's almost, you know, some people have never been to Laws in their life and they probably will yeah. never go. Yeah. And they'll see them on, everybody on television and, and, and all that. And they say, well, actually, no, if you want to become an associate member and, you know, who is the MCC? Well, the MCC are the custodians of Lords and the custodians of the game and the history. Um, so then they can connect with something that previously they possibly never even considered in their lifetime, possibly, yeah. for some people. Yeah, that's great. And um, also it's, a, it's, a, it's an opportunity for the, the Asian community to showcase their talent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I um, I think of that. I mean, this is pre-COVID, but um, I used to watch the ECB City Cup. Um, so I'd go to Bradford Park Avenue and yep, elsewhere yep. And, and watch that. And I thought that was a fantastic kind of, uh, talking about pathways, uh, yeah, just a fantastic way for young players who, who may not come from a club background either. You know, some of them, obviously do and are embedded into clubs already and, and are successful and this is another sort of showcase of their talent but you know occasionally players that you know no one particularly knows about come along and and really impress and uh yeah I was really impressed with that and I hope that I don't know if that's back this year or or whatever but um that was something that uh if you're listening to this podcast by the way and you have no idea what the ECB City Cup is it's 
kind of regional or well cities obviously um so bradford leeds uh, i think sheffield has a team possibly um, London and Lancashire, yeah. yeah and then so you know teams like manchester i think there was a durham team that came down to bradford park avenue that year a couple of years ago um uh, yeah and it's young cricketers who are representing their area um and uh yeah the standard of cricket was really good and very impressive as well so um, it's those kind of things which, again, I can't claim to know everything about Yorkshire cricket by any way, stretch or form, but um, there's a lot going on, um, lots of varieties of cricket, uh, and the more we can do to kind of shine a light on that, um, it's important, I think, because there's, you know, uh, everyone has a view of what cricket is to them, but there's a, yeah. lot, a lot of other stuff going on, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's a couple of things I just wanted to just you mentioned there. The NSCC is involved with the Royal Spring Broad Programme, so that's basically giving bursaries at private schools. So they've done okay. about five. So five boys from fairly humble backgrounds that could never probably afford it uh, are, are means-tested, uh, not means-tested, but, you know, they, they've got the go through the various processes to get through to the school. Yeah. So they, they've got those in, in, in private schools as the Royal Spring Broad Programme. And... Um, that's quite a significant project that probably will bear fruit in in in, in years to come. Yeah. Um, and it's that engagement of, um, you know, you talked about my coaching journey, but my cricketing journey is quite a humble. I mean, I'm you know, quite a humble. Parks cricketer, Deals Council, and Newsbury oh, yeah. League as was back in the day, and and you know, quite a successful um, stint in the Cawthorn Cup and and all. But you know, as a, as a cricketer, I was quite a humble cricketer. Um, my coaching is a lot different to my playing. So you think, well, how the hell did Yusuf manage to get a, a gig on there? But it's just because you've got to put yourself out there in the various opportunities and grab those opportunities. And I grew up in a probably quite a different background to probably a lot of people. I grew up in an a area where uh, I had a lot of engagement with the you know, Caucasian community, if that's the right word, So, and in school and that. So I didn't you know, I was able to communicate and converse and didn't, and some people may possibly not have those um, opportunities. And sometimes it can be quite scary for them to put themselves out there. Yeah. Yeah. And I just say, my, my, my question is just put yourself out there. There's lots of people that will help and support. Just reach out and, you know, enjoy it. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that's a very good message to have. Um and uh, alongside this podcast, I'll um, write something up and obviously share it with anyone following Cricket Yorkshire on social media and all the rest of it, just to get out a bit about um, obviously what you're doing and the NACC um, and, and the different forms of cricket that we've talked about in the podcast, because um, it's important to, yeah, to showcase really. Um, and so I guess... In terms of wrapping up, um, what have you got coming up in the next couple of weeks coaching wise? Do you do, um, yeah, do you do sort of coaching sessions or is it more the coach educator stuff? That um, you're doing I did a lot of work. I, I'm, I'm looking for a couple of players that, uh, of, of reasonable standard, but I'm, I'm just going to undertake a, a strength and conditioning, uh, not a program, but uh, a and uh, I need to sort of work with a couple of players uh, and yeah, on the strength okay. and conditioning program. So that's something I've got. Um, we've got the event at Lords that um, is going to be quite an exciting event. And then we've got, uh, and I'm 
possibly what I'm looking at, there's a couple of teams that are looking and I might go and do some work with them just to sort of uh, see if I can help them. So I like to put yeah. myself out to different people and just help people really more than um, at the moment. Yeah. I normally do some work with Batley in the, in the Bradford League, but uh, at the moment uh, I'm going to be doing some probably more consultancy type stuff. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, thank you for being a guest on the podcast. It's been really good to chat through coaching and, and um, yeah, just get a different perspective on things in Yorkshire um, and enjoy the games. Obviously you going down to Lords and then we've got the MCC up here yeah. at Batley. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, at some point when COVID allows, um, yeah, it'd be good to see you again. Absolutely. Thank you, John, for having me on. Much appreciated. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you very much for that. That was awesome. Um, I think we covered most things and uh, I'll go away and sort of write it up and stuff. Um, but uh, no, really interesting. And I can, you know, flag up links to the NACC and various other stuff that we talked about. So yeah, uh, if you can follow the NACC, because I think they, they, they put a lot of stuff on there so you can get a feel for it, get a feed in from there. Yeah, we'll do. Yeah, we'll do. Um, and keep in touch. You know, it might be that uh, we could do something else with Cricket Yorkshire in the future. And um, I'm looking. I'm I'm looking at a program, but um, it's sort of still in early stages. Uh, like a, a masterclass, a sort of power hitting, feeling and throwing. Oh yeah. So, um, still early days. We've got a, a, a great coach lined up, but uh, let's see how COVID settles down and everybody and gets the world back to some kind of normality, and then see how that goes. And uh, I'll, I'll uh, reach out to you when that happens, if that happens. That's great. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, well, keep in touch and enjoy and the rest of your week. Good to thank talk you, to John. you. John. All thank right. You. Take care. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. So thanks to Yusuf for that insight into all things cricket coaching. Really good to hear from him. Uh, and I'll be following that up on the cricketyorkshire.com website soon. So if you've enjoyed the podcast and you want to dip into something to read, then just check out the website. It will all be on there. And of course, there'll be social media if you don't follow me already and you want to uh, do that on Twitter or Facebook, uh, Twitter is at Cricket Yorks, Y-O-R-K-S, mainly because Twitter won't allow at Cricket Yorkshire. It's too long, apparently. Alternatively, if you want Facebook, that's a bit easy. It's just facebook.com slash Cricket Yorkshire. So I hope to catch up with you soon for another episode, but thanks a lot for listening. Mm-hmm.